We all know what it's like for life to go from bad to worse. Nobody knows that better than Rick Unruh, who knows what it's like to go through grief and pain through the death of a child and even to spend a stint in prison. But he also knows what it means to surrender oneself to God and watch him work it out all right. I'll talk with Rick Unruh today here on Babby's House. Stay tuned. Babby's House is coming your way right now. Babby's House, Babby's House. Every day is filled with possibility. At Babby's House, Babby's House. Everybody is family. Welcome to Babby's House. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Babby's House, where everybody is a member of the family. I'm so happy that you've joined me today. It makes my heart feel so good knowing that you're there. And you know, uh, today's show will be extremely encouraging for you because everybody, you know, the Bible says that rain falls on the just and the unjust. And uh, today's guest is Rick Unruh, and he knows what it's like to walk in those dark places after the death of a son and even uh, spending some time in prison. He's written a book called Self Surrender, what it means to just give everything over to God and watch him work it out for you. And we're going to talk with him today here on Babby's House. So stick around for that wonderful conversation, a very encouraging conversation. And speaking of encouragement, one of the most encouraging songs I've ever written is a song called Trust His Heart. And there are days when you can't trace the hand of God, but you can trust the heart of God. And I pray that these words will encourage you today. Sees the master plan 
Welcome back to Babby's House. I am happy to introduce to you Rick Unruh, who is the author of Self-Surrender, The Key to Dreaming Again. And he knows what it's like to dream again after having a heart that seems like it was ripped in two after the loss of his son and some other drastic things that happen, happened in his life. But he knows what it means to surrender one's life to God and to see God pick, help him pick up the pieces again to continue in life. And you're going to hear his story today. Will you help me to welcome to Babby's house, Rick Unruh. My Thank friend, is, I'm happy to have you on the show. Thank you. It's an honor. Amen. The honor is ours. And Rick, what a story. What a story of restoration and, and healing. And, and before you found that place, a story of brokenness and grief. And we have all been there. We lost right. a loved one or... Uh, gone through a stint with cancer or spent some time in a jail or watched our kids, one of our kids go to jail. I mean, we've, we've, we know what it's like to walk that road. So tell me um, about your story and uh, we'll, we'll get to self-surrender. Right. But we want to start with, uh, with your family and, and how these things happen. Yeah, and so I, I felt to call the ministry early. Uh, I was going to Bible college. Uh, my mother came down with cancer. Now, sh she was my faith rock. Uh, she never doubted for a moment that God wasn't going to heal her. Uh, so she was always, she was that woman that you would walk into the room to go encourage and you leave blessed wow. because she just always had a smile. She always had great words. So when I lost her, uh, I didn't realize this till years later, but it really planted a seed of doubt and, and the enemy's mm -hmm. patient. He, he, wow. he doesn't want to always take, I mean, he'd like to take you out tomorrow, but this seed took years. And so as I continued traveling as evangelist, and then we 
because of finances, took a secular job. We thought it'd just be short term, and 10 years later, we're still there. And a lot of great season of our life from our family and our kids and the town we lived in. And, uh, and, and then October 1st, 2019, when you think life is going okay, uh, you know, your world's rocked upside down. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, the, the phone rings from my dad, a phone call no dad ever wants to make. It's been an accident and, you know, your son Landon is dead. And oh my. And how old was Landon at the time? He was 12 at the time. Oh, he was only 12. He was 12. Mm. Uh, my 14-year-old son, you know, was with me, so. That's so hard. It just turns everything upside oh, down. It does. And it does. Rick, and our heart goes out to you. Nothing about life makes sense. It causes questions about God. Yes. You're going through this grieving process and, and anger. and. So the seed I had planted, does, does God really heal? Now it becomes almost a seed of, is God really love? Because how could God do this? To, and there's so many people have lost children and loved ones. And so we all battle elements of this journey of, of questioning how this can happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then to, and then to add uh, to, that, to that load, that boatload of heart questions and hard questions. Uh, you went through a, a, another personal circumstance that, that landed you in, in jail. Yeah, I mean, we had moved to Springfield to try to get a new start. Uh, I was in the mortgage industry. Things were going great. The mortgage industry crashed. We decided to move back home. And uh, two and a half, three years later, from when we had left there, I was involved with the mortgage investment group. And I won't get into the details now. I tried you can to read the book. I, yeah, I put them into the book. Uh, and wow, I, I just had found my way back into God's calling, and it, we'll go back to that self-surrender, a, a defining moment. We'd opened the Dream Again Counseling Center. I was, you know, flying high. Things mm. are amazing. And I get this call from the FBI, and I'm crushed, oh and I'm devastated, and I'm you thinking... You got a lot of calls that nobody wants to no. get. No. <laughs> and wow. you're like, God, we just got back into the ministry. We were found our purpose. We were helping other people deal with grieving. And now the shame and embarrassment from going to prison, how could God ever use me again? Mm. Uh, all that stuff just begins to flood your heart. And, and you know, you walk into there just in a daze, um, confused and feeling that your life purpose is over because God just, God, how could God use me now? Yes. So while you were in prison, did you have a, some like a, like a epiphany or a moment where, <sighs> The Lord did some work into your life. I, I, you know what I, I what I love, and I travel around preaching my message. And one thing I love is talking about the role of the church to bring comfort. We think comfort is just you know a prayer and a pat on the back and send them out, but really that comfort you go back and understand that word is to walk alongside. Mm. We're willing to walk alongside people that changes. I went into prison dazed, confused, thinking it was over. And the church that I was involved with, my family members, for the first 30 days I was in there, every day I received 5 to 14 letters. Praise God. Rick, we believe in you. God has a call on your life. Don't you dare give up. So that epiphany moment was just these people continually every day saying, God still has a plan. Don't Praise give God. up. You know, that, that means so much. And there's so much, uh, on so many levels, there's, there's a lot to think about. Uh, because that meant that somebody at your home church had to get together and said to say, "Let's put uh, feet to our 
our words Absolutely. and our prayers. You're right. And they got together and made a concerted effort to encourage you in one of the most difficult places, literally and figuratively, in your life. Yeah. And that speaks, that's what the church is about. That's what the church is supposed to do. And so what did it mean to find freedom even while you were behind bars? Well, you know, life is so crazy and so busy. Uh, we just run, 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 run. And what prison does, everything slows down. Everything almost comes to a stop. Your heart is aching. You're separated from your family. We've been through all these tragedies. You know, that is tough. But all of a sudden, I begin to hear God's voice. And every morning, I'm studying and reading. And, and it just began to become a liberating experience from the things God was speaking to me. And again, renewing hope in me that I can dream again, that he's not finished with me. Uh, but really the slowing down of it all, I, I say I found freedom in prison. Uh, it's because, you know, and you understand when freedom's taken away, you know, mm. it's all of a sudden has more value to you. Wow. And so now I'm realizing, you know, what yeah. freedom, what freedom means. You use the term broken heart syndrome. What does that mean? I read across the word, it's Takatsubo, and it's in the book, uh, and it's literally a medical term for broken heart syndrome, and it is caused by stress. And so the chapter about my son is actually called Takatsubo, uh, and it literally is a broken heart syndrome. When stress and things, it expands and enlarges the heart. So it was a catchy word, different word, to talk about when you lose someone, you're broken hearted. I mean, C.S. Lewis says it's like an amputation. Part of you died that day. Your heart is is broken. And so uh, that's a word I've kind of tagged. And again, a little bit unique. Uh, but losing a child definitely sends you down to some dark places where you, you wonder if your heart's going to keep beating or not. So how did you find your way back? How did you discover, uh, how did you come to the place where you discovered that God could heal your heart? Amen. So I'll back up just a little bit. I think the self-surrender has a couple play on words. And when I was to report to prison, it was called self-surrender. My opening chapter is, uh, is my journey to prison that day to self-surrender. When I walked into Yankton Federal Prison Camp, I said these prophetic words. I had no idea what it meant. I walked into the control center and I said, I'm Rick Enner and I'm here to self-surrender. That year in prison became about self-surrendering. Am I willing to surrender all the control, you know, I think control is the thing that keeps us from surrendering that all of a sudden I don't have control of these things. And I learned in prison, I had control of very little wow. uh, because it's defined and you're told where to go and what to do. And, and uh, you know, with that, uh, the other part, before we'd opened a counseling center is for 18 months I'd been seeking God. I knew the call of God was reviving back up in my heart. But I, I couldn't define it. I didn't know what it was. And so again, this is pre-opening the, the counseling center. I know we're jumping here a little bit, but this is, this is really the pivotal point of the book, uh, was that I'm driving down the road, 18 months of asking God what my purpose is in complete silence. And I'm driving down, heading to, I'm working a secular job at this time, trying to find what God's purpose is. And all of a sudden I hear probably as close to an audible voice as I've ever heard, you haven't given me everything. I'm like, hello, God, are you paying attention? You know, we've just gone through the whole mortgage crash thing. We're losing everything, you know, uh, all of that. And, and uh, you know, I pull alongside the road and, you know, he just says, you haven't given me your son. Mm. 
and I began to weep and I'd been holding that back. I was unwilling to, we've, I'd tucked that in a dark closet. I'd thrown that key away. And I remember visually alongside the road, picking up my, my lifeless son and walking him to the foot of the cross. And I said, here he is. There's my greatest hurt, my greatest wound. But if you can take my son and use him for your glory, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And instantly at that point, the dream again name and all these other things began to flow. Out of that moment, are we willing to surrender that dark closet that we don't want to go to? I didn't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. But no, God, we're, we're not going there. Yeah, we're not <laughs> going there. We, and we know what that term means because we use that term a lot. Don't go there. Exactly. And you put your hand up and you turn your back on it and you just shove it away and you don't want to experience the hurt, the pain, or whatever it takes to get over that. And when we come back after this break, Rick right. Unruh, your story is amazing, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here today. We're going to come back to a break, all right? All right. And uh, listen, my friend, don't go anywhere. We want to hear more of this powerful story of healing and hope and, and self-surrender. That's the name of Rick Unruh's book called Self-Surrender, The Key to Dreaming Again. Don't go anywhere after this break. We'll be right back with more of Babby's House. Well, welcome back to Babby's House. I have been enjoying a wonderful conversation with Rick Unruh. He is the author of Self-Surrender, The Key to Dreaming Again. And Rick, you, uh, your, your story is mingled with pain, but it's also mingled with so much grace and so much hope that we can only find when we surrender and when we self-surrender because it's an act of our will to give it over to Absolutely. God. It's an act of our will. And nobody can make us do it. It has to, we have to be the one to say, God, here it is. Here's everything. Here's my hurt, here's my pain, here's my past, here's my junk, here's my stuff. <laughs> Take it all. <laughs> and you talk about, in your book called Self-Surrender, you talk about um, fear. And so many of us, everybody, has had to deal with fear in some way. Fear is just universal to every man. And so talk about your battle with fear. Well, and I'll, I'll we talk before show a little bit about the fear of the unknown. You know, as I'm walking into, I'm going to a federal prison camp, so it's nothing like, you know, the, the big boy prisons, if you want to call that. But all I know is what I've seen on TV and, and the gangs and all this. And so the enemy loves to take the worst case scenario and just run with it. And so we always had this fear of the unknown. And really, it's the, it's the greatest enemy to self-surrender. Because when I self-surrender, that means I give up control. Now God's going to ask me to do something crazy. <laughs> you know, that's our fear. Yeah. If I can't control it. And so uh, as I went through prison, I, what am I going to do when I get out? Who's going to want me? The church took me right back in and plugged me right back into the counseling center. Nine months later, uh, we took on another campus. Nine months out of prison, and I've put back on staff as an associate pastor at a very large church in Wichita, Kansas. And all that fear, I battled that fear all during prison. Uh, what, what am I going to do when I get out? Yeah, God, I see your provision. But again, finding that freedom, there is freedom in surrendering because now I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Now I can say, all right, God, I've seen your hand just guiding into my brokenness and my mistakes, and you've been faithful. I can see his faithfulness. 
we can look back and see his faithfulness, but why is it so hard sometimes to view that faithfulness in the future? Mm -hmm. He's the same God. Yes. But surrender means we're going to have to trust yes. what's in the head. Uh, I want to talk with you about uh, earlier in our conversation, you talked about uh, the guilt and the shame and the, and the and guilt and shame can can keep us in prison because it's, we're worried about what other people think uh, our, the impact of our uh, our sin, our mistakes, the impact that they have on other people and and how the other people will perceive us. And, but that in and of itself is a prison, but, and that is, is oh, in and of itself well a place for self-surrender. Yeah. So what did you learn um, and how did you break free of the guilt and the shame? The enemy is the king of labels. He loves to label us by our greatest failure and our biggest hurts. You're a felon, you're divorced, you're an addict. And so the enemy loves to define us. So I felt that I'm a felon. I, I, just, I couldn't, never really been in trouble my entire life. To grasp this idea that I'm a felon was huge shame and embarrassment. But it goes back to who are we in Christ? Am I willing to surrender to him? Because if I know who I am in Christ, I'm not a felon. Yes. You're but a child. Your, your label point. changes. You're a son exactly. of God. You're a because, child of God. And, and those verses that we read over and, oh, that's great. We're a child of God. And, and, and you know, sometimes we, we know what they mean. But when you're labeled by a past failure and it seems to define the rest of your life, I'll forever have that tag felon in the physical realm, but that's not how God sees me. Amen. I wish we had more time. Rick. I hear you. <laughs> let us know where we can. Let us know where we can get the book. Uh, you can go to rickender.net, and uh, there'll be a place to purchase the book there. Super excited about it. Hope it blesses many people. Dream again. Doesn't matter what you're going through. God has a plan for you. God's going to use you. Amen. The name of the book again is called Self Surrender: The Key to Dream Again. The Key to Dreaming Again by Rick Unruh. Rick, thank you, my friend, for thank being you. here as our guest. The Lord bless you, and thank you for sharing your story with us. Right, it's a powerful, powerful story. Thank you. And, and uh, the story of a powerful God. Amen. And how he can redeem us. Thanks again. Amen. Well, my friend, thank you for watching Babby's House. I just believe with all my heart that today's conversation is a blessing to you. Will you reach out to me and let me know that you've seen the show? Email me at babby at babby.com and let me know that you've watched today's show and that it's encouraged you in some way. And while you're online, will you visit my official website, babby.com, and also babbymasonradio.com, where you can hear beautiful stories of authors and, and singers and writers and hear great music around the clock, uh, letting you know that you're not alone, that God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance up on you and give you peace. That's our prayer for you and yours. Until the next time we get together, this is Babby's House. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>